Welcome to Six Degrees of Silvis, a podcast where we talk with artists, art collectors, advisors, museum directors, and curators to learn firsthand how the art world operates and how each participant uniquely addresses vital issues of our time. This week, John talks with collector and curator Beth Rudin DeWoody. You know, I've just always been very curious and love to get out there and see everything. I also love to learn about different periods of art and collecting and history. It's just all interests me. I mean, I always had a collector mentality, collecting things early on before I was even getting into art. But um, with art, you know, it's wonderful because you create a whole world out there. Um, not only just meeting the artists and going to their studios, but meeting other collectors, curators, getting involved with museums. When you travel the world, you know, you meet other collectors and it just opens up a whole world, which is really fun and exciting. Here's the host of the show, John Silvis. I am your host, John Silvis. I'm an art advisor and a curator based in New York. Most of my research I share with my friends and my clients to focus on global contemporary art, usually with emerging and mid-career artists. With this podcast, I hope to pull back the curtain to uh, allow us to engage with some of the conversations that happen in the art world and encourage and push the art conversation forward. Please join me in welcoming these wonderful guests. Hi friends, and thank you for joining me today. Uh, my name is John Silvis. I'm really delighted to introduce Beth Rudin DeWoody, an art collector, curator, um, all around art world person who resides in Los Angeles, New York City and West Palm Beach. I'm sure that uh, she's familiar to many of you. Um, she is the president of the Rudin Family Foundations and Executive Vice President of Rudin Management. Her board affiliations include the Whitney Museum of Art, the Hammer Museum, the New School, Glass House, Empowers Africa, New Yorkers for Children, and the New York City Police Foundation. She's an honorary trustee at the Brooklyn Academy of Music and the Photography Steering Committee at the Norton Museum of Art in West Palm Beach. Beth has also curated numerous exhibitions, um, many of them in galleries and other institutions. And she tours her collection and loans work to different museums like the Norton Museum of Art, the Parrish Museum and the Taubman Museum in Roanoke, among many others. And in 2017, she opened the Bunker Art Space in West Palm Beach to show her collection and to do rotating shows um, of contemporary art, both emerging and established, and show other parts of her collection that include iconic pieces of furniture. So it's really wonderful to be able to talk and um, see what Beth is up to today. Wonderful to talk to you, Beth. Uh, thanks for joining us. Many of our listeners will uh, really enjoy hearing from you because they're familiar with your 
collection and also the, the many activities that you're involved with, the many uh, museums that you work with. So welcome. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to do this for you, John, a man I've admired for a long time. And um, oh, you're too kind. Thank you. <laughs> this is a great inspiration and uh, in how you look at art um, and uh, how you, you know, see art and things that a lot of people don't see art in. So it's great. Thank you. Yeah, well, it, it's been wonderful to see um, your collection just expand so much over the years. And, and now you have the, the bunker down in West Palm Beach. And um, in, in all your collecting and your passion for art, I was just curious if you've thought about like some of your favorite aspects of uh, collecting, if you can articulate those. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I've just always been very curious. Yeah. Uh, and just love to get out there and see everything. Mm -hmm. um, I also love to learn about different periods of art and collecting and history. Um, it's just all interests me. I mean, I always had a collector mentality. Yeah. Collecting things early on before I was even getting into art. But with art, you know, it's wonderful because you create a whole world out there. Um, not only just meeting the artists and going to their studios, but meeting other collectors, curators, getting involved with museums. When you travel the world, you know, mm -hmm. you meet other collectors and it just opens up a whole world, which is really fun and exciting. Yeah, and you're, you're certainly a, a wonderful participant in that. I mean, I just love how many people you know kind of across the entire spectrum of the art world. And that's something that this podcast is about is how many people are involved in this enterprise. It's not just artists and institutions. There's um, all kinds of people that, that sort of drive this forward. Um, one of the things that you just mentioned in your collection, which I really love, and when I uh, visited this last fall, I uh, really appreciate it again, is that you have historical works and then you also have uh, younger cutting edge uh, contemporary work that has come right from the studio. So do you intentionally think about your collection that way in terms of some of the key, uh, more historical work you've collected and then how those have given rise to some of the fresher, newer work? You know, I'm very unscholarly. Um, I just, you know, buy what I like and what I see. You know, yeah. so if I get exposed to something historical that I didn't know about, um, you know, I try to learn about that artist and everything, but it's really, you know, kind of my eye, what, what appeals to me. Your and eye that so, guides you. Yeah. I mean, I have in my collection so many artists that nobody has ever heard of, but yeah. I think are quite good. Um, and some of them have a very interesting background and some you don't know the background so it's just yeah so you've collected some outsider art as well outsider art as well oh yeah quite yeah. a bit of that but it's just what appeals to my eyes so mm -hmm. uh i don't think of it you know in relation to the young artists because i just you know see young artists and love their work also you know i just don't limit myself sure i yeah i'm, I, I'm because your eye though so well honed, I'm, I'm guessing you do it instinctually. It's really just something that comes naturally. Uh, I guess so. 
No, I, um, I, I really think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, are, are there any criteria that, that you've articulated over the years when you're looking at work? Are there some things that are definitive when, when you're exploring things? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think I have any criteria. I just kind of keep an open mind and go out there and see what I like, you know, yeah. and some things I look at and I think, oh my God, this is horrible <laughs> and very, you know, kitschy or not great. But, you know, I don't limit myself also to just fine art. I love, I've been always a flea market person, antiquing. Mm -hmm. You know, I love ephemeral materials and old books, you know, so I just look at everything. Yeah, I mean, there's very few uh, collectors like you that are really supporting all these new galleries that come come up supporting new artists that no one has collected yet. I think you know, a lot of people don't have that confidence to sort of um, chart their own waters and, you know, um, look for new works. So I, I really love that. I mean, I think it's funny because I, I like to uncover new artists and look around as much as possible as well globally. And I feel like uh, any artist I've seen, you've already seen. So I, I don't know how you do that, but it's- uh, Not always though, you've turned me on. <laughs> You know, you've turned me on to some artists that I had never heard of before, like Pippa. A few, a few. Well, yeah, Pip, Pippa would be an example, yeah, who I still quite adore. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So in terms of your, your collecting started in New York and then you, you have your, uh, the Bunker Art Space in West Palm Beach, but now you've been living in LA the last 10 years. How, how do you see the New York scene in particular and the LA scene differently? Or are there different dynamics happening on, on the coasts? I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, I love them both. So when I go to New York, I run around to the Lower East Side or to Chelsea or now Tribeca. Yeah. Look at whatever shows I can see. And when I'm in LA, I go to Culver City, I go to downtown LA um you know all the different areas there <laughs> so yeah. i just kind of see the great shows you know and a lot of new york galleries have come out to la so that makes it nice yeah i feel like there's a lot more uh communication and dialogue now between the coasts and even between the institutions on the coast i mean uh, you sit on a lot of uh, museum boards and i don't know if you felt like there's more of a collaborative collaborative spirit these days yeah, I mean, I, I've been on the Whitney board for about 35 years, and I've been on the Hammer Acquisitions board since I went out to LA. And um, of course, love Adam Weinberg and Annie Philbin, both of whom are very good friends with each other. And so I'm sure that there's always conversations between the two. And I feel both in, uh, institutions um, are you know, showing cutting edge, cutting edge art and both smaller, not the biggest, more established institutions. So they're places I love to be, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, you know, for some of our listeners, it might be interesting to, to understand how important uh, collectors like yourself are for these institutions and um, kind of in particularly in the contemporary realm, um, like, you know, steering them towards important topics or important artists. 
Um, I mean, do, do you really see that as a crucial role in, in the museum world these days? Well, um, the thing about me is that I'm out there looking at a lot of things. Yeah. And sometimes I'll see things that the curators haven't seen. And so I love to, you know, make recommendations of artists and shows to see. And of course, they're doing the same for me because they're seeing a lot right. of know a lot of a lot of stuff that I don't know about. But, you know, it's interesting because right now there's a show at the Whitney, which has to do with art and craft. Mm -hmm. And they borrowed a lot of works of mine for the show. Reason being is that they weren't collecting that way, the museum years mm -hmm. ago. So they weren't looking at fiber arts, you know, or yeah. certain things. It was considered more craft than art. And as a result, you know, they weren't putting in their collections. And so um, it's interesting how what I've been doing kind of which, which was on the outer edges of art sure, is sure. now becoming mainstream. Who were, who were some of the first uh, textile artists, speaking of that, because that's an interest that we both share. Um, who were some of the, the first sort of textile artists that you started looking at and collecting? Oh my God. I knew you'd have to ask me these things. There's a wonderful um, Florida-based artist, Francis okay. Tremblay, uh, who uh -huh. I bought, I put in a show uh, that I curated years ago. Well, I'm sure you were looking at Sheila Hicks early on. Oh, Sheila Hicks. Oh yes, yes, definitely. I mean, Sheila Hicks, I have in my collection. Um, oh my God. Uh, trying to think of, uh, you know, there's so many. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on them also. So, so many names in my head, but um, I, I probably was most influenced by Annie Albers. And when I, when I went up to the foundation a few years ago um, and got to see some of her really rare, holy work, um, I was just amazed at kind of the depth of her understanding not only of the material but just of abstraction and pattern and uh, yeah. history both within weaving and in within pattern pattern making you know yeah she's yeah. amazing and of course I don't have anything of hers which I regret well it's very hard to get a hold of her work but of younger artists there's a wonderful artist um, named Carolyn Ashantre okay who uh, works with you know wools and tufted, uh, hand tufted fabrics. I found her in England. Okay. And uh, then there's, you know, in, in LA, Channing Hansen. Oh yeah. Who is the grandson Channing. of Al Hansen. And he, you know, gets the, the sheep, he kind of shears them and spins them and dyes them and does these incredible pieces out of the fabric you know out of the wool yeah yeah um, there's a, a mid, middle east artist named fake ahmed who yes. uses the old uh, persian rugs and creates these incredible art pieces out of them yeah actually he and i've been having some conversations lately on whatsapp and you know he he works with a team of people that that have descended from centuries of carpet makers 
And um, I mean, his, his practice is so holistic because he's really supporting a whole group of artisans that work with him. It's, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And then in LA also, a woman who works in wool is Lisa Ann Auerbach, who mm. kind of does very political things, knitted. And she actually made some clothes as well that had politics. Um, a number, another wonderful young artist who unfortunately passed away way too young, Miyoshi Barosh, uh, uses uh, recycled Afghans and yarn and, you know, all sorts of stuff. I mean, she was incredible. Um, and- uh, And you have some work of hers in, in your collection? Yes, okay. yes. I don't think I've seen those. And I met her early on and I didn't buy the work then, but later I bought the work. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, two people I've been looking at recently along those lines that are, are working with fabric or textile mixed media is uh, Samantha Bittman, who uh -huh. you may have seen around. Um, she's was, I think, originally in Chicago. Now she's based in New York. And then also uh, Tariko Shifaro, who used to be in LA and has been in New York for the last eight years, but he combines abstract painting uh, with fabrics and mylar. Uh, really oh, interesting wow. work. I'll have to look at those. Um, yes. Another uh, historical piece I just got was a woman named Barbara Livetu Swierdeska. Very interesting. From 1978 is the piece I got from a uh, gallery in London. How do you go about finding these uh, kind of more original, ob obscure artists? Like, do the gal does the gallery, well, the gallery send you the that? Yeah, the gallery approaches me. Diedrich Brackens, I collected very early. He's now kind of a hot artist. Uh, Biza Butler, who does quilted applique cotton works. You know, there's so many out there. Yeah, it's an exciting time in, in that field. And I, I mean, of course, years ago, I think we had initially met many years ago through uh, the Ladd Brothers, through one of their shows. Yes. They've been doing some Exactly, the Ladd's a great... Also, uh, a native artist, uh, Marie Watt, mm -hmm. who is incredible, um, who works with wool blankets and um, she's amazing. Brent Wadden. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. And then uh, one of another historical piece I'd gotten a few years ago at the fair is Claire Zeisler mm -hmm. um, from Rona Hoffman Gallery. But, you know, it's just what I kind of run into. Margo Wolchek, yep. you know, is another young artist. I mean, there's just so many. Well, and it's really, it's really part of what you live and breathe, right? So it's really kind of your daily, um, your daily routine. So it's very exciting. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've been curating shows. Yes. Um, and so... How is that different for you from, from the collecting side of it? Well, it's wonderful because um, number one, I can find art that I don't own that you know the dealer will sell, which sure. is great. Um, but it's also just a way of you know taking one step further in mm -hmm. my collecting and seeing patterns and how I collect and creating shows that are thematic. Um, and um, I just love it so much, you know. Well, I think galleries then appreciate kind of also seeing your eye and how a collector will put things together differently than they do, possibly. Yes. 
Yeah. And uh, brings in another crowd for them, which is nice. Yeah, we've been so supportive of particularly the emerging galleries. I, I know that, um, you know, it's very crucial when they're starting out to get that kind of affirmation from someone seasoned. Yeah, no, it's great. And, you know, when I've done shows, like I did a show called In Stitches, which has all that was string great. and stitching in it. And then I did a show called What's Your Hobby, mm -hmm. which was, you know, kind of where hobbies interact with the art so uh, anyway that's all been really fun well it's been a, a great talking with you and any, any um, last thoughts or ideas you want to leave us with I, I know, i'm sure you're working on a dozen projects at the moment but i know the the bunker space is open by appointment i believe yes there's a website you can go on the website and then make an appointment we're planning for next year's shows. It'll be 100% new shows for next year, which are really fun. And then, you know, I'll be curating some shows coming up. And I'm going back to LA to Saturday. From I've been in Florida for quite a bit. So I'm looking forward to going back and seeing what's going on there. And uh, very nice speaking to you, John. Thank you. Yes, always great to talk with you. And thanks for all you do. Okay, honey. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out Six Degrees of Silvis. I'm the editor of the show, Evan Halter. If you'd like to learn more about John or the guests we have on the podcast, please visit johnsilvis.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>